Father's Day coming up on June 17th, and the people behind A1 Steak Sauce just launched a new line of meat candles in time for Dad's Day. Hey-o. <laughs> How's your meat candle? <laughs> Burning at both ends. <laughs> you better get that checked. <laughs> Meat candles. Meat candles. (laughs) The three cents are original meat, which (laughs) smells like steak. Original meat. (laughs) Uh, I'm a traditionalist. Yeah. I like original meat. (laughs) Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 62 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A teenager shot and killed while running away from an East Pittsburgh police officer will have his funeral today. Organizers say hundreds of friends and family paid their respects to 17-year-old Antoine Rose during visitation last night. Rose's funeral will take place at 11 a.m. this morning at Woodland Hills Intermediate School. And funeral arrangements set for Pittsburgh rapper who was shot and killed during a double shooting last Monday. Officials say viewing for Jimmy Wapo, whose real name is Travis Smart, will be Wednesday and Thursday at Odell Robinson's on Perrysville Avenue and the funeral Friday at Wesley Center AME Zion on Center Avenue. Wapo was shot Monday afternoon near the intersection of Wiley Avenue and Duff Street. Police continue to search for that gunman. Hundreds of buildings are being threatened in Northern California from fires burning out of control. The Pawnee Fire has burned at least 7,700 acres in Lake County, about 70 miles northwest of Sacramento. People in the area have been forced to evacuate as the fire is threatening 600 buildings. Already 12 have been destroyed. Low humidity winds and higher than normal temperatures helping to fuel that fire. Meantime, in southwestern Colorado, the 416 fire scorched over 34,000 acres and is just 37% contained. Fire conditions in the area where the blaze is burning near Durango could worsen this week as temperatures are supposed to increase. A nine-year-old English bulldog named Zsa Zsa is the winner of the 2018 World's Ugliest Dog Contest. Zsa Zsa took the crown Saturday night in the annual competition in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her owner, Megan Brainerd of uh, Anak, Minnesota, gets 1500 bucks. This is the 30th year the World's Ugliest Dog Competition has been held in Petaluma, California. Dinosaurs making their way back to the top of the box office. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the number one movie in the U.S. and Canada, earning $150 million in its first weekend in theaters. It's expected to make over $700 million worldwide. Coming in second is last week's number one, Incredibles 2, which hit $80 million over the weekend. The Disney Pixar film has made about $350 million just in North America since its release. Rounding out the week's top five are Ocean's 8, Tag, and Deadpool 2. A prop weapon used by Harrison Ford in Return of the Jedi is in new hands after selling for $550,000 at auction. The blaster wielded by Han Solo in the 1983 Star Wars film had been owned by the movie's art director James Shoppe for three decades. It was part of a number of other movie items he put up for auction in New York. Metallica's Kirk Hammond is warning and mourning the seemingly impending creeping death of the electric guitar in music. In a recent interview, Hammett said more and more current musicians are ditching guitars in favor of samplers and computers. 
He theorized that, quote, like all instruments, there's a time when it goes out of fashion. He noted that recent reports of financial woes at iconic guitar makers Gibson, Fender, and PRS guitars could be a sign of the times. And finally, members of the rock community mourning the death of late Pantera, Damage Plan, and Hell Yeah drummer Vinnie Paul. News of Paul's death was announced on Pantera's social media sites last Friday, and according to reports, he suffered a heart attack in his sleep at his home in Las Vegas. He uh, died at the age of 54. Over the weekend, fellow rockers including Alice Cooper, Slash, Sammy Hagar, Vince Neil, Dave Mustaine, Duff McKagan, and Billy Idol, just to name a few, paid tribute to Paul on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Vinnie Paul's younger brother, Dimebag Daryl, shot and killed in 2004 at the age of 38 while performing on stage with Damage Plan. Clouds and sun, temperatures only in the upper 70s today, a little less humid, so should be a, a nice summer day today. It's 62 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter, Randy, Mike, and Bill all off today, so it's me and Joe. Tim Benz handling sports this morning. Josh Joey going to join us at 845 to talk about who the Penguins got in the draft this weekend and maybe some other news about a former player returning to Pittsburgh, possibly. It's all coming up this morning on the DVE Morning Show. I was recently uh, approached on the street by a homeless gentleman. He was asking me for some spare change. So I gave him all the spare change in my pocket. He took all the pennies and he threw them on the ground. I was like, what do you do with those pennies, pal? He's like, they're pennies. They're useless. Maybe someone will come along, pick them up, have good luck. Yeah, that person is you, pal. Pick up those pennies now. Pick them up now. Now people are walking by who didn't even see the first half of the conversation. I'm just yelling at a homeless guy. Pick up these pennies now. They assume, like, oh, he did ask for change. I was like, what's that? You need some spare change? Okay. How about seven pennies? There they are. No free rides. It's a DVE morning show. That's Rory Scoville. His part of the DVE Comedy Fest coming up this Friday night at the Biome. Bert Kreischer also on the bill along with Sarah Tiana, Brad Williams, and Bill Crawford. That show sold out and the following the main stage, the loaded show at the Arcade Comedy Theater sold out as well. But we have two podcasts, two, two, uh, we've expanded Comedy Fest to an actual Comedy Fest. It's, it's two days this year. Uh, podcast live with Bert Kreischer. That's happening on Saturday at, uh, 9 p.m. That's going to be at the Rex. But before that, we'll get the day rolling with Doug Benson. His Doug Loves Movies podcast going to be at 420. Doors are going to open at 3 o'clock. That also the, at the Rex. So there are some tickets available for both of those events. So you can check those out. And uh, it's going to be a good weekend. Going to be hot, sticky. Get, your, get a hotel room now. Just stay in town all weekend. Uh, get tickets for both those events at dve.com. Some highlights provided before the game even started by relief pitcher Stephen Brault, who will be a guest today on the DVE Morning Show, and he performed the national anthem before last night's first pitch. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. Great job by Brault, wow. who, who has a musical background and... Uh, he appeared uh, in the musical Damn Yankees while in high school. If you're no uh, kidding, if you're unfamiliar with Damn Yankees, it is a hell of a baseball tale told through song and dance. 
A great slugger we haven't got. A great pitcher we haven't got. So it's like a great ball club we haven't got. What do we got? Yeah, and it goes on from there. But uh, yeah. that, uh, reviewing that, it, you know, great slugger we haven't got. A great attendance we haven't got. Sounded like it was about the Pirates, right? So I did a little Damn research. Buckos. There are actually five musicals that were about the Pirates. They're they're not as publicized as some. But no there, kidding. There are five of them. Oh, right? really? Well, I, please uh, I eliminate have them here. Uh, <laughs> North Side Story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two rival gangs, one comprised of fans that want a winning team and one comprised of ownership that doesn't want to pay for it, battle it out at the ballpark. General manager Neil Huntington's love affair with a Puerto Rican named Clemente takes a tragic twist when the Pirates don't want to give him a long-term extension. He leaves via free agency and tragedy. When season. you're a buck, you're a buck for life. Chicago. Don't even have to change the name of this one. Oh, yeah. Cubs pitchers sing and dance while gleefully punk- plunking pirates, and the pirates' pitchers' response is to do nothing about it. A response we haven't got. Another one you don't have to change the name of. Les Miserables. <laughs> you don't have to change the name. The that bullpen. about the fans? All you have to do is start reviewing the pirate seasons beginning in 1993 and skip the years 2013, 2014, and 2015. <laughs> Another one you may not have heard of, Tommy. Tommy. Deaf, dumb, and blind kid Tommy John, once a great pitcher, joins the Pirates after blowing out his elbow (laughs) and inspiring a surgery that will bear his name. (laughs) Robbed of his once formidable skills, Tommy still appeals to the Pirates because of the financial (laughs) flexibility he provides the club. Fans at PNC Park eventually revolt by smashing the pinball machines that were installed at PNC Park to distract fans from the poor on-field product. I like it, Beautiful. Mike. And last but not least, guys and dolls. Uh, the guys aren't very good at baseball, but the bobblehead dolls ownership provides periodically in lieu of a winning team and a competitive payroll distract just enough people to keep the ball rolling. It's a uh, Pittsburgh adaptation of the never-ending story. That's your five musicals that are about the Pirates. DVE Sports. It's a DVE morning show. Mike Pursuta on vacation, filling in uh, our friend Tim Benz. Tim, thanks for coming in this morning. You bet. Sports brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Pirates 3-0 losers to Arizona at PNC Park yesterday. Trevor Williams allowed two home runs in the first two innings. After that, he was actually pretty good. The offense wasn't, though. As for the third straight game, the Pirates failed to score off of the Diamondbacks' starting pitcher. Pittsburgh had more rain delays than runs scored in this series, I think. <laughs> uh, Pirates appear to be in a tailspin right now. They've lost five in a row. They're five under five hundred, and they start a series against the Mets tonight in New York. You can hear Clint Hurdle starting to get a little frustrated. We're going to keep playing. Uh, the season's not going to stop. Nobody's going to feel sorry for it. These guys in here are working hard to get better. We haven't gotten better. Uh, nothing's transferred into the game as of yet. I'll kind of rearrange some things probably with the staff, talk about some things, and... Uh, Get ready to play tomorrow. You hear that, Val? They're going to keep playing. Contrary to popular belief, they are going to keep playing, even though maybe some of us don't want to see that for the rest well, of the summer. Well, yeah. I mean, there might not be a difference in the record if they did stop playing. No more wins coming, feels like right now. If he's going to talk to the staff about changing things, like he said there, here's one suggestion. Maybe stop playing Sean Rodriguez. He's hitting 145 
0 for 10 in the series. Six strikeouts, two errors. He's two for his last 35 with 19 Ks. Aside from that, he's been awesome. God, I might be able to bat 145 if you put me in the lineup. The bobbleheads they gave away. (laughs) At least have better plate discipline and wouldn't strike out as often. Wow. Um, Here's Trevor Williams talking about giving up the homers early on and how that impacted the game. You know, unfortunately, it was the difference in the game. Um, I think, really, the pitch Peralta, I didn't think it was a bad pitch. Um, if anything, it was a dangerous pitch to the type of hitter he is. Um, I thought we backed him off enough to, to throw a slider in there and try and get a strike. But uh, but he's a good hitter, and he stayed in there. You know, he, he, hit, he hit pretty good. Um, the other one, the, the the Murphy homer, was, you know, it was a missed pitch location. And, you know, he was, he was ambushing fastball, and, and he got all of it. Some other numbers about how bad the Bucks were in this series. They got outscored 21 to 6. They never led over the course of four games, and their four for six hitters were a collective four for 36 hmm. when it came to trying to drive runs in. Not too great. As for the Penguins, they were just as silent as the Pirate Bats at the NHL draft. Uh, in fact, most teams were. Fewer moves than normal, no trades of consequence for the Pens, not of Phil Kessel or anyone else. And according to Mike Sullivan, his relationship with Phil Kessel is fine. Uh, nothing to see here. Well, my, my relationship with Phil has been the same uh, for three seasons now, and uh, it hasn't changed. It's evolved because we've we've uh, been through different experiences, both as a group and as individuals. And it, but but my relationship with Phil is the same as it's always been. It's one of respect, of mutual respect, and. Uh, and and that's that's how I see it. And you know, I, I like Phil a lot as a person and a hockey player. Note there, Val, it's fine. It's evolved. I didn't hear good, but yeah. fine and evolved were thrown in. Right. There. We'll talk to Josh Yoe about this when he joins us at eight forty five. But I found it quite curious that this defiant reaction to what are you talking about? My relationship with Phil. It's there's Hasn't nothing changed. wrong here. Nothing yeah, there's been nothing changing. Yeah, that comes after it was clear they weren't going to make a move at the draft. And after Arizona thought that the salary was too much. And after the Kings (laughs) didn't offer enough. So uh, we'll see. We'll parse through that with Josh coming up in about 845 or so. Penguins have been linked to Jeff Skinner by The Athletic as a potential target uh, for the Carolina forward. And the Post-Gazette reporting that the Pens might be interested in bringing back Chris Kunitz. We'll see about that uh, after playing with the Lightning for a year. Callan Addison was the draft choice that Pittsburgh made, a right-handed defenseman, uh, their first pick in the second round. They didn't have a first-round pick. He said it'd be good value pick, undersized defenseman, but with a lot of high offensive upside. The Caps did re-sign star defenseman John Carlson for $64 million over the course of eight seasons. Brooks Orpik, the former Penguin, got traded with the intent of immediately being put on waivers by Colorado so he could immediately be signed by anyone else or as a free agent, maybe even go back to the Caps at a lesser cap number uh, why would why would the capitals do, just not put him on waivers because they would have to buy him out directly and then be responsible for the whole cap hit so if you trade him to colorado they have a lower salary cap number right now they can afford the room mm. so you trade him to colorado they gave away philip grubauer the goalie who actually started the playoffs as sort of a okay. favor mm-hmm. we'll give you the goalie if you take our bad cap number release orpic they sustain a bit of the cap hit that way against their number, gotcha. and then Orpic becomes a free agent and goes wherever he wants. If he gotcha. goes, if he wants, he can go back to Washington and sign for a lesser number. So that's the mentality there. 
Uh, NFL news, Washington's uh, Gene Steratore has retired to become a rules analyst with CBS. That means the NFL has now lost four lead officials in the span of one offseason. So mm. for all the griping we do about how bad the officiating is, the NFL may have lost four of its best officials <laughs> along the way. We'll see how bad it is. The devil but, you know or the devil you don't. It's kind of like when the backups came in, you know, the... We know how bad you guys are, but if you guys are the good guys, how bad are the bad guys right. that have been taking over for you? Yep. And then there's this, and I wish Randy was here for this one. I don't know if you saw this from Minor League Baseball over the weekend. The Erie Seawolves had Sugar Rush Night at the park. <laughs> what is that? So this was their main, they had all sorts of like sugar sweet treats to give away. Like that was their specialty for concessions. <laughs> they had um, cotton candy snowballs. That was one of the treats that they were selling. But the big one, the main one, and I posted this at the Trib today in our first call segment, the Sugar Rush Hot Dog. It's a hot dog wrapped in cotton candy and topped with nerds. Oh, that sounds awful. Like nerd candies? Yeah. I don't know if you want mustard or relish with that, but it's your choice. Although sweet and savory does sometimes go together if you consider a hot dog savory. Think about a ballpark hot dog with nerds Ugh. wrapped in cotton candy. Dude, that gives me goosebumps. I'll give you that one again at 9.30 when everybody's Ugh. had their breakfast. At that Yikes. Point. I That's wish sports. we'd have a sugar rush morning in here today. I'd use that. <laughs> uh, thanks, Tim. Uh, hey, something else we're going to be doing today. Foreigner, White Snake, and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening playing at Key Bank Pavilion this Wednesday night. And we have tickets to give away to this cool thing it's the it's foreigners vib very important beer promotion so we'll give you a pair of tickets to the show and you do a meet and greet with lead guitarist bruce watson and keyboardist michael bluestein bluestein and then you get to sample some of pittsburgh and Burgettstown's favorite local breweries so a uh, nice beer tasting event there before the show we'll give away those tickets a little bit later on this morning of course you got to be 21 or older to win those because it involves drinking beer. It's all coming up. It's the DVE Morning Show. Uh, we talked last hour about plastic surgery. Maybe mm-hmm. Botox is something you don't want to get because wrinkles around your eyes, that's a good thing, according to researchers at the University of Miami. They found it makes people seem more sincere and genuine. Uh, it happened with uh, happy expressions like big smiles, even sad expressions, too. So they say it is possible wrinkles help convey an emotion no matter what the emotion is. Okay. So they yeah, think I mean, our... you don't want to look like a raisin, but you also don't want to iron your face either. Yeah. Yeah. And That's you, you scary. Want that. And you don't want, like, like, when women start getting old. Like, my mother's at the age where women start to dress like Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed that? Like, pantsuit with scars. big belt buckles yeah. and stuff. Huge collars. And the hip is bad, so she kind of swivels when she walks. <laughs> uh, but a lot I mean, of rhinestones. Yeah, a lot of, and I'm like, okay, when did this happen? Ma, are there any leftovers? Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 but my aunt, I remember my aunt used to arch her eyebrows and like pluck them all out and then draw them in. We just talked about yeah. that yeah, yeah. last hour. Is that really? Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it, and you constantly look surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every day's an adventure. Like, is that a sword? You know, every day's just. <laughs> well, apparently, yeah. like plucking your eyebrows is addicting because if you go all the way till you have no eyebrow left, you went too far. Yeah. But how yeah. is it addicting? Just. I don't know. Maybe they or just, just get. They maybe just, just like just one more. Just just one now, more. Now that's uneven. Okay. Oh, one I'm more almost Bowie and Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> I'm almost Ziggy. I, I did the math uh, of how many hours have just freed up for you. Oh. How many potential calories you are saving 
how many hours of sleep this is going to uh, save you. Okay, when you count calories, do you count the next day calories because you're tired no, and I, you're eating? The, the funny thing about it all is I talked to so many Penguin fans who felt exactly the same way that you guys did, mm-hmm. who feel like I didn't want to lose to the Capitals. We just won two cups in a row. It really takes a lot out of your life to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Us poor fans. I was, I was, Phil, Kessel's, Phil Kessel's been skating around with a shattered rib cage, and we're like, I can't eat one more chicken finger. I swear <laughs> to God, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Three minutes after seven at DVE, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 62 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Adult film star Stormy Daniels' interview with federal prosecutors won't be taking place as scheduled. Daniels' attorney Michael Avenatti said prosecutors canceled the meeting after the media got wind of it. She was due to be interviewed by investigators looking into President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. Cohen has admitted to paying Daniels 130 grand to keep her quiet about an alleged affair with Trump. Trump has denied that affair. However, the payment has come under the scrutiny of investigators as they probe Cohen's business dealings and possible campaign finance violations. Chef Jagger Gordon of Toronto, Ontario, Canada has created a unique grocery store that allows customers to pay what they can for food. Shelves of the Feed It Forward store filled with food and ingredients donated by larger grocery stores which aren't allowed to sell the products. Produce might have a weird shape or a bruise despite being perfectly edible. Other products are close to their expiration date. Still, others are donated because it takes up too much room in the warehouse. So Feed It Forward stocks it and invites people to take what they need for the day and pay what they can, if anything. Not only is it cutting down on food waste, but it's also giving people in need a place to shop so they don't go hungry. Hundreds of fish dead after bourbon and brandy from a distillery warehouse collapsed in Kentucky, leaking in nearby streams. Kentucky's Department of Environmental Protection says not all of the 9,000 barrels that rolled out of the warehouse leaked. Officials say about 800 fish were killed after Friday's collapse of the warehouse about 45 minutes south of Louisville. The Nelson County Fire and Rescue Chief says crews were able to catch some of the leaking booze before it ran down into the streams, but it did flow for more than three hours before they were able to get it under control. A Delaware man says he was just trying to attract women while he was standing completely naked in his open garage. Police in Wilmington say a neighbor called 911 early last week after seeing 64-year-old David DeTano in action, something that allegedly included performing a lewd act in plain sight. You can use your imagination to figure that one out. Officers say they found him sitting completely naked in his garage with the door wide open, and he said he was just looking to get some attention from some of the ladies in the area. He has been charged with indecent exposure and lewdness. Actor Michael Rappaport came to the rescue during a flight to L.A. Saturday when he stopped a man who was trying to open the emergency door. According to Fox News, a man seated in economy class was directed to use the bathroom in business class, but on his way there, he tried to open the emergency exit. That's when Rappaport jumped into action and rushed at the man. A couple of big three basketball players who were also on the flight helped the actor restrain the passenger. The man was taken back to his seat and said he thought it was the bathroom door he was opening. He was apparently allowed to go on his way after authorities determined that the man was just confused. 
Roseanne Barr is expressing regret over the racist tweet she sent out last month that led to the cancellation of her Roseanne reboot. In a podcast interview shared online over the weekend, Barr cried and said she has lost everything and is now a hate magnet. She added her tweet about former President Obama aide Valerie Jarrett did not mean what people thought it did and she would never knowingly call a black person a monkey. She added there is no excuse for her ignorance. The interview was recorded the day after ABC pulled the plug on the show after Roseanne wrote on Twitter that Jarrett looks like the child of Planet of the Apes and Muslim Brotherhood. ABC did announce last week it will continue Roseanne without Barr, and the show will now focus on the rest of the Connor family. Finally, officials say Anthony Bourdain had no drugs in his system when he died earlier this month. The celebrity chef hanged himself June 8th in France. The 61-year-old was in the country filming an episode of his show Parts Unknown. Bourdain has spoken about his use of heroin, cocaine, and other drugs in the past. Should be pretty nice today. Clouds and sun, less humid, upper 70s for the high. It's 62 at DV. I'm Val Porter. Randy, Mike, Bill, all on vacation this week. Tim Ben's Ben's taking care of sports, so he'll be up at the bottom of the hour talking about that awful Pirates uh, weekend that they had against the Diamondbacks. Penguins uh, draft this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. And Josh Yoey going to join us at 845 to talk even more about that. Hey, Southside Summer Open, we we announced it last week, and uh, I've been told that it's about half sold out already in just two days. Uh, it's the DVE 12th annual Southside Summer Open Balls Out on Carson, brought to us by Bud Light and, as always, a benefits class, which is community living and support services. Get your foursome together. You play indoor mini golf all over the Southside. It's August 18th this year. We moved it back because you know, we got a little jammed up in June, a little busy. So we want to <laughs> spread things out over the summer. It starts at 11 a.m., $125 per foursome, brought to you by Bud Light and DVE. Everybody gets a commemorative T-shirt. And, uh, of course, you got to be 21 or older to participate because it's a bar thing. Uh, so here's the bars that are going to participate this year. Bar 11, 12 Whiskey Barbecue, Trixie's Bar and Game Room, Carson City Saloon, Flats on Carson, Pre-Game, Mario's, Local Bar and Kitchen, Sky Bar, Casey's, Steel Cactus, Primanti's, Tiki Lounge, Chipka's Cafe 2, Archie's Double Wide Grill and Excuses, and then uh, the Lava Game playing our post-party at the Steel Cactus. And uh, a lot of those bars are veterans, and they've got really cool holes uh, designed. And then we got a few newbies this year, so it'll be nice to see what they have lined up. And a lot of people do this year after year after year. So if you are signed up for the first time this year, you'll probably be back. It's a good time. So get registered for that now at dve.com. Morning Show. Now, when I walked in, that's when you talk about the five-foot tapeworm. (laughs) I'm actually like a four-foot tapeworm myself. (laughs) And and to answer your question, yeah, tell me where the five-foot tapeworm is. That's a good diet plan, man. You eat a tapeworm, you're good. Wasn't that a thing like in L.A. at one time? Yes, because we're dumb. (laughs) That's why I like coming out to a place like Pittsburgh where you guys know what a carb is. I I swear, all right. People are like, 
oh man, you, you, you like coming to Pittsburgh? Yes, because I come, I live in Los Angeles, where if you throw a French fry into the middle of a grocery store, people scatter like it's a live grenade. Okay, <laughs> people are afraid of carbs. You know, it's like uh, what? It's like it's like people don't like like carbs is right up there with Weinstein. It's like carbs <laughs> and Weinstein, and I don't know which is one and two. I don't know which one it is. And then I, and, and then I come to Pittsburgh. They're like, yeah, we throw them on the sandwich. I'm like, done. Yeah. They, they serve a salad at the Improv where where, where I, I, I've got this opening act. Her name's Julia. She's this tiny little thing, and, and, and she's eating healthy, and she she orders a salad. It came with French fries on it. I'm like, I love this city. I'm a fan of you, Pittsburgh. Yeah, for, yeah. The, the old Pittsburgh salad with French fries and ranch dressing. And yeah, ton of cheese. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay. So that'll clog your arteries just as bad. You're like, uh, can I eat a salad but still get early onset diabetes? Uh, they're like, absolutely. We, we 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 have that here. We have that here. They're like, well, they're like, do do, do you really want to eat a salad with uh, all the uh, the dressing and the and the fries? You're like, ah, I wasn't a big fan of my left foot. So uh, yeah, I can eat that. Get rid of that. Sure, why not? That's a diabetes joke, people. All right, fantastic. Now we got people calling in. My mother has diabetes, and I and I got dwarfism. Shut up. Okay, we all got our thing. <laughs> I love when people come to me after shows. Like, are like, do you know what I struggle with? I'm like, do you know what I struggle right. with? <laughs> like, oh, I see you're wearing clothes that are that that were made to fit you. That must be nice. <laughs> Don't talk to me about what you struggle with. I, 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 I had to, I had to pick up on my wife with, with, with Bob the Builder on my T-shirt. Okay, that's what I, that's what I had to do. Don't talk to me about struggling when, when they're like, oh yeah, this guy's wearing Hugo Boss. This, this, this guy's wearing Gucci. What's Brad wearing? Dora the Explorer. So, shut up. Brad Williams. Longtime friend of the DVE morning show. He's going to be part of DVE Comedy Fest coming up this Friday night at the Biome. Brad, uh, along with Burt Kreischer, who's our headliner, Sarah Tiana, and she, I think she's only been to Pittsburgh once. She's awesome. Can't wait to see her. Uh, Rory Scoville, he's on the lineup as well, along with Bill Crawford. So that's all at the Biome. we got the after show. Then we got the two podcasts. Doug Loves Movies and Bert uh, Kreischer's Burt Cast Live. Both those going to take place at the Rex Theater on Saturday. Despite the fact that the Friday, both shows are sold out, there are still some tickets left for Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies podcast, which starts at 420 at the Rex, and the Burt Cast, Burt Kreischer's podcast, which is 9 p.m. at the Rex on Saturday. So like I said, still some tickets available for both of those, which you can get right now at dve.com. DVE Sports. It's the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta on vacation. Tim Benz, our good friend, filling in for him this morning. Thanks, Tim. You bet. And I wish I had better news about the Pirates, but I don't. Didn't they win a couple in a row last week? Or was that two weeks ago? Uh, it might have been I feel like they, won. Two, they had two or three wins in a row. Yeah. I think last time I was here, they started a win streak, and then that just faded quickly once the Diamondbacks came to town and they had a rain out in there to make things feel a little bit longer. But now they have lost five in a row, and I think it's six to seven now. Three nothing losers to the Arizona Diamondbacks at PNC Park yesterday. The good vibes after that decent start to the season, they are officially 
Done. <laughs> Pirates are plummeting. Five under 500 to start a series in New York against the Mets tonight. Trevor Williams allowed two home runs in the first two innings. After that, he was good, though. He wasn't the problem yesterday, says his manager, Clint Hurdle. Three hits in the first, one in the second. One hit, no walks, six strikeouts, swing and miss stuff, no walks again, soft contact, ground balls. Uh, he paid the price for a couple of mistakes. And Williams assessed his own performance as well, failing to give up a run or even a walk the last four innings while striking out six. Um, unfortunately, you know, that was that was the game today, and uh, from from there on, I thought I was making all my pitches. Um, you know, I'm being successful, you know, second time through the lineup. It was the offense that was the problem throughout the series, not just yesterday. How bad were the Pirates in this series? They were so bad, Val. <laughs> How bad were they? Well, the Pirates had three extra base hits over four games. That's it. They didn't hit a home run all series long, whereas the D-backs had five. The leadoff batter for the Pirates never scored during the entire series. (laughs) The Pirates left 25 men on base and were three for 19 with runners in scoring position. It was an atrocity of offensive baseball. I think you could just leave it at it was an atrocity. Yes. Um, Now... The Pirates' failures were expected. What wasn't expected this weekend, Jim Rutherford doing nothing at the NHL draft. No trades to clear cap space, get in the first round of the draft, or acquire talent for the upcoming season. As predicted here last week with you guys, the Penguins did not trade Phil Kessel. After a few weeks of dialogue, that being a possibility, once the Coyotes and Kings um, basically came up with packages that weren't of the Penguins' liking or didn't want to acquire him in the case of the Coyotes because of his cap number. Well, it didn't look like Kessel was going to be dealt, and the draft was an opportunity for Mike Sullivan at that point to try to put to rest any conversation about his relationship with Kessel and where it might be. Phil had a great season for us. You know, he had one of the best seasons of his career. He uh, he was one of our better players for a lot of the season, and uh and so, uh, you know, he, he, he's a guy that, that helped contribute and put our team in the position to compete for the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, it, it's hard to, to, to explain in, in a short circumstance um, how certain players perform and, and, and don't perform. And, uh, but the reality is I, I know Phil's heart was in the right place and his, his effort is in the right place. Every, every guy on our team is trying to help us win. Now, on a couple of occasions during the draft, Val, Mike Sullivan was very adamant that everything is fine and don't worry about our relationship. And Nothing there, to see here. There was a month there. Like the first time the stories cropped up, I know the first time Mark talked about it on his show on the X Mark Madden, it was the 25th of May. So basically it was Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. when this first started to crop up. Bob McKenzie had the Kings interested in trading for him on June 4th. So there was opportunity aplenty if Sullivan wanted to tamp down this talk about relationship issues with Phil Kessel. So I think it just lingered out there until they figured out, is there a worthwhile trade to be had? And now they realize that there isn't, and he's going to be here next year, so let's put out the fires. And we'll talk to Josh Yoey about that uh, coming up at 845. Penguins have been linked to Jeff Skinner by The Athletic as a potential target if they can move some people around before free agency. Post-Gazette writes they might want to bring back Chris Kunitz, too. Team drafted Kalen Addison. He is a right-handed defenseman. In the second round, he's said to be a good value pick there. Undersized, but lots of offensive upside. Caps signed John Carlson for $64 million over the course of eight years. Brooks Orpik got traded with the intent of immediately being put on waivers by Colorado. So Washington deals him there with Philip Grubauer, the goalie. 
and then the Avs took the cap hit by cutting him loose, so he could go back to the Caps or anywhere he wants now at a lesser cap number. NFL News, uh, the league is having its hearing today for Julian Edelman and his PED suspension. That'll be interesting to watch because Edelman got busted for a previously unknown substance. I don't know what it was. Maybe that's what was turning him into Ant-Man all these years. And then there was the... A uh, wonderful discovery. Yeah, I know. They don't know what it was, but (laughs) he's still tested for something that they can't recognize. So I guess it's not unprecedented for somebody to be suspended for something like that. Uh, We'll see what they decide with him. And then the clip I showed you, Val, before we got going today, it's all over Twitter if you want to check it out. LeBron James's kid tried his first ever in-game dunk, and he missed it. And LeBron's reaction was classic. He was so excited, and then he biffed it. So he's going to have to try again somewhere down the line. I think he's like 13 or 14 now. So if he's still trying to dunk at 13 or 14, he's getting that close. I think he'll hammer home a few between now and the end of his career. Maybe Dad will give him some pointers. That's sports. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, I'll have news. We'll be joined at 8.45 this morning by Josh Owey. We'll talk about those uh, Penguins draft picks and uh, the possibility of Chris Kunitz coming back and really what's going on with Phil the Thrill. It's all on the way. It's a DVE morning show. I did a gig at Mario's, Mm -hmm. and it was one of the worst gigs I've ever done in my life. They put me in that breakfast nook. Right to the side of the door. Oh, dude, that's, yeah. We, it looks like you might be a plant. Yeah. Oh. There was a Penguins game on and a, uh, a, a an NFL Monday Night Football game on. They didn't oh. turn, oh, they didn't turn the TVs off. Oh. I got heckled through my best joke at no. the time where about the Pittsburgh airport. This guy, I go, uh, you know, something sums us up as a city. It's out at the Pittsburgh airport. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's uh, it's out the airport. There's two statues. No, there isn't. I swear to God, there's two statues. This is not subjective. There's two statues. And then I've never ended a show like this, but as soon as I get done, I just ripped the cord out, started wrapping Did it up, and left with the speakers from the, from the nook and walked outside oh, and left. It would have been great if you could have done that while the microphone was still working. <laughs> right. So you could have like, <laughs> excuse me, like, all right, everybody, yeah. Yeah. have a great night. Thanks, yeah. that's my time. <laughs> a friend of mine lived down the street from me and her landlord, same he, he had been spying on her. So I called her boyfriend. I'm like, dude, I'm going down to help her. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to do here or anything. And, you know, do you want to come down? And he's like, nah, you got it, dude. And I'm like, yeah, sure, thanks. I'll just take care of this. So some other guy's walking by. And, he, and he's like, trouble? And I'm like, dude, do me a favor. Just hang. Because it was up on the mountain. I'm like, do me a favor. Just hang here for two minutes if you got it. And I'm like, this pervert's, you know, spying on her. She wants to get out of the house and everything. And uh, I just want to keep him intimidated. And he's like, no problem. I'm like, oh, there's an accent. And I'm like, God, we found Liam Neeson. <laughs> Dude. So he's like, I was just on my way to a meeting. And I'm like, meeting? And he's like, yeah, some of my Perverts honor. Anonymous. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after eight at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe, severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 62 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Citizens Bank. I'm Val Porter. Former NASA astronaut Buzz Aldrin is suing his kids and family foundation, claiming they are taking advantage of his trust and finances. His kids say Aldrin is being used by outside parties who are the real ones trying to manipulate him. Aldrin is 80 
28 years old. And of course, the second man to walk in the moon accuses his kids of slandering him, telling people he has dementia and working to undermine his romantic relationships. The suit seeks to remove his son, Andy Aldrin, as head of the Buzz Aldrin Space Foundation. His daughter, Jan, serves on the board. The foundation released a statement over the weekend saying that the children love and respect their father and are deeply saddened by the lawsuit, but will not be commenting further. Well, with all the snakes at my house, I definitely worry about something like this happening to me. A Middle Tennessee woman doing fine despite the shock of finding a snake slithering up her leg while she was driving. Michelle Buss was driving in Rutherford County last week when she felt something on her foot and her ankle. She managed to pull the van over and get away from the reptile, which turned out to be a six-foot non-venomous chicken snake. A call to 911 came next, and a sheriff's deputy removed the reptile. Huss has quite a bit of property in the area and said she is used to seeing snakes, but she says she was worried she was going to get bit when the unexpected animal started wrapping itself around her leg. Totally think of that every time I see a snake at my house. (laughs) About a week ago, a guy jumped out of the stands of a Canadian football league game wearing a jersey and just blue underwear and streaked across the field. The stunt ended when Marcel Young, a defensive back for the BC Lions, tackled the guy. Well, now the streaker has hired a lawyer because he claims he suffered serious injuries, including a mild traumatic brain injury. That streaker was fined 115 bucks for trespassing. And if you're going to be a car thief, you really should know what you're doing with a vehicle. A guy in Ben Salem, PA, tried to steal a pickup out of someone's driveway last week. It had the keys in it. So the only thing standing in this guy's way was a car behind it in the driveway. But the guy couldn't pull off a three-point turn to get around that car. The surveillance video shows the guy uh, keep trying, and he just kept banging (laughs) into the car until he finally gave up and ran away. Police are trying to track him down. Sammy Hagar is one of the music industry's most successful entrepreneurs outside of the music, and he's unleashing his latest venture, the High Tide Beach Party and Car Show. The inaugural event will be held Saturday, October 6th at Bolsa Chica State Beach in Huntington Beach, California, with Sammy and the Circle headlining, along with Ario Speedwagon, Joe Satriani, Vince Neal, Real Big Fish, and others. Talking about his latest undertaking, Sammy says, quote, I've been trying to throw this party on the beaches of Cabo for a decade, and I'm thrilled someone is finally letting me do it. And from one of the coolest beach cities in America, Huntington Beach, This will be like my annual birthday bash on steroids. Surf's up is an understatement, end quote. Uh, In addition to the music and the car show, they'll have lots of specialty curated food and drink offerings, including a beachside outpost of Sammy's legendary Cabo Wabo Cantina. There will also be numerous bars located throughout the festival that will serve Sammy's Santo Mezquila and Beach Bar Rum, as well as beer and wine and other drinks. And they'll have beach activities and games and a ton of other stuff. If you want to make a road trip or maybe you live in the Huntington Beach area and you're listening on iHeart, you can go to HighTideBeachParty.com to get your tickets and get all the details on the event. Clouds and sun, upper 70s today, less humid, so should be pretty pleasant today. at 62 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Uh, Randy, Bill, Mike off today. Um, coming up on Wednesday, Foreigner playing Key Bank Pavilion along with White Snake and Reb Beach in White Snake. So looking forward to seeing Reb with uh, those guys and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin evening. So that show is coming up this Wednesday. 
But I have tickets to give away for a really cool thing. It's a beer tasting with some of the guys in Foreigner. You get to hang out with the lead guitarist Bruce Watson and keyboardist Michael Bluestein. Uh, so you're going to get three-ounce samples from some of Pittsburgh and Burgettstown's favorite local breweries, Rusty Rail, Fool's Gold, uh, Full Pint White Lightning, and Cole Tipple Nine Pounder. Uh, and you even get a, a goodie bag from Foreigner as well. So I have tickets to the show and the beer tasting beforehand. So I'm going to give away three pair of tickets. Let's take caller 6, 9, and 12. Got it, Joe? Callers 6, 9, and 12. 412-333-WDVE. You got to be 21 or older because it's a beer tasting event. So we'll set you up with that. Uh, you get tickets to the beer tasting and tickets to the show as well. Josh Yoey going to join us at 845 this morning. We'll talk pens with him. It's the DVE morning show. What state are you from? Georgia. Oh, I was just in Georgia for a week. Oh, well. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's different. It's a lot different than here. You think? Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> not, not my... really. I mean, it is different, but like it's still like very blue collar like this. You know, well, I feel comfortable in cities like this. What part of Georgia are you from? I'm from Calhoun. We have a Nike outlet. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh-huh. Where's that at? Where's Calhoun? It's about an hour north of Atlanta. Okay. Between so, Atlanta and Chattanooga. So I was on the coast. And I got a ride from my, oh. my Uber driver who's like taking me to the airport. And she goes, where are you from? And I was like, Pittsburgh. She goes, oh, do you have y'all? Y'all have a lot of black gangs up there. And I was like, <laughs> why? Why'd you have to? No, why'd, why'd you d- have to sp- specify? You should have been like, we have so many. <laughs> we have the most. You should come visit. It's awesome. I'll take uh, We have a tour. We'll take you on one. I'm in mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it's in a bulletproof vehicle. And we take you all around and we give you Starbucks while you watch it. It's real fun. It's real fun. It's like, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, that, People yeah. Are the way. So you're in Savannah. Uh, south of it, yeah. Sea Island Sim- Simmons area. Oh, St. Simons. It was Simons? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> no, you don't. I you don't know how to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to say anything. <laughs> I know. I could tell. You've second-guessed everything. I don't... your outfit, which you should have third-guessed. <laughs> <laughs> you, be, you be you. You be you, Dan. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. look, my, my, uh, my I lack I like of... her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, move on. What's the next news story? Anyways, next thing. You know, when you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, you won't come out looking like, uh, you know, I don't know who your style uh, Maven icon is, but still. Roseanne. All right. (laughs) It's a DVE morning show. That's Sarah Tiana. She's going to be part of the DVE Comedy Fest this Friday night. And every year for Comedy Fest, we try to get all the comics to come in on Friday morning and sit in the studio. Do we know anybody who's coming yet? We do? <laughs> it's a secret. You just have to wait to Friday to find out. It always ends up being kind of a free-for-all uh, that morning, so it should be a good time. But uh, Comedy Fest sold out, as well as the Loaded Show, which is immediately following at the Arcade Comedy Theater. But we do still have tickets for the Saturday shows, uh, which we have expanded Comedy Fest to an actual kind of fest. It is two days this year. Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies podcast going to be on Saturday at 4.20 at the Rex. Burt Kreischer's Burt Cast podcast live Saturday night at 9 p.m. at the Rex. Get tickets for both of those at dve.com. Prince. DVE Sports. It's a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta. The sinking pirates ship continues to take on water. We'd like to thank the Pittsburgh Pirates for their participation in the 2018 Major League Baseball season. Uh, Time for James Harrison to give his participation trophy to Clint Hurdle and move on to next year, it feels. 
Uh, Buckos 3 nothing losers to Arizona at PNC Park yesterday. Pirates are plummeting. Five games under 500. They start a series in New York against the Mets tonight. That's how we start sports. Brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. Trevor Williams allowed two home runs over the first two innings. After that, actually, he was pretty good. He wasn't the problem yesterday. It was the offense. And, uh, Val, I've been giving you throughout the course of the morning some evidence that I threw together for a column that I did for the trip about exactly how bad statistically the Pirates were in this best of four. Like, I didn't know we could cram in that much bad offense into one (laughs) four-game series. And here's the latest grouping of numbers that I will give you. When it comes to the Pirates' bats, their strikeout-to-hit total was 40-24. to (laughs) Strikeout-to-hit over four games. None of the four games featured a day where more than one Pirate batter had two hits. Like, Austin Meadows had more than one hit on day one and day two. Elias Diaz did it, and then I believe uh, Josh Bell did it on Sunday. But they never had more than one guy get more than one hit throughout the course of the entire four-game series. And and this one made my eyes pop. The four starters for Arizona over the course of the weekend were Zach Godley, Patrick Corbin, Zach Greinke, and Clay Buckholtz. Over the four games, those guys pitched 24 innings, and they allowed only a combined total of 11 hits, two earned runs, three walks, and had 29 total strikeouts. (laughs) The last three pitchers of that group didn't allow an earned run or a walk, period. That's how anemic the Pirates were at the plate this weekend. My my favorite stat you've given today is Sean Rod's batting average. 145. (laughs) Yes. The bobblehead is hitting 146. Here's a little pep talk from Clint Hurdle. We're not talking about life or death situation. We're talking about a ball game, preparing to play a ball game. We're talking about getting these men, keeping them moving forward, keeping them working, keeping them prepared. Same guys that threw some big numbers up early. We're not doing it now. Uh, we're capable. we got to get the swings in place, the confidence in place. One guy can light a spark, but I don't think everybody needs to try and be the guy. We just need to keep moving the chains. Have a good at bat. See, even Hurdle's looking ahead to football season. Moving the chains is the best analogy we can come up with. Meanwhile, Trevor Williams uh, discusses attempting to shut the door after letting some runs leak through early. You know, you do everything you can. Um, and when, when teams run, you get a few runs on you early in the game, you know, it's tough. You really do have to put the foot down and say, let's not get this out of hand. Moving on to hockey, more optimism there, but it's quiet for the Penguins, too, at the draft. A lot of folks anticipating some moves because Jim Rutherford does that uh, when it comes to the draft, the free agency, the trade deadline. Rutherford, historically, one of the more active general managers that you are going to find, but no moves to be had. And that's not uncommon throughout the league. It was pretty quiet at the draft, all things considered, but the Penguins didn't get into the first round. They didn't add anything for the upcoming club, uh, nor did they clear cap space to attempt to do so in free agency. The biggest news is probably what didn't happen, and that is no trade of Phil Kessel. And again, uh, it looked like that going into the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about this with Josh Yoey of The Athletic coming up shortly at 845. But Mike Sullivan doing what he can to quell any discussions about a relationship issue between him and his right winger. And the reality is, is uh, you know, our relationship is, is, is as good as it's ever been. You know, I think there's a mutual respect there. I think, you know, have we had our differences uh, at times during the course of, of each season that we've been together? Of course we have, but that's the player-coach player relationship that goes on on every team. And as I say to Phil and all of our players, my commitment to them is to find common ground to help put them all in positions to be successful. I know 
and I can assure you guys that both Phil and myself have the same motivation in mind, and that's trying to help the Pittsburgh Penguins win and be successful. And now I'm dying to see what that common ground is. He said our relationship is as good as it's ever been. He didn't say it's good. There's a lot of people with whom I have a relationship that's as good as it's ever yeah. been. And that means it's as good as it's ever going to get. A lot to interpret there. Uh, we'll talk about that with Josh coming up from The Athletic. And by the way, his site putting out a story that the Penguins might have some interest in Jeff Skinner of the Carolina Hurricanes. Chris Kunitz, formerly of the Lightning and formerly of the Penguins, may be coming back to Pittsburgh according to, well, at least there's some discussion about that. The Post-Gazette is a story that the Penguins might be interested in trying to reacquire him. Kalen Addison is the right-handed defenseman that the Pens took in the second round. Their top pick, he's said to be a pretty good value there, undersized, but lots of skill and high offensive upside. John Carlson, $64 million over the course of eight years. He uh, resigns with the Capitals in large part because Brooks Orpik was moved. He may come back to Washington after being put on waivers may return at a lower cap figure or uh, could go anywhere else at this point after a deal to the Colorado Avalanche. Philip Grubauer went along in that trade too to make that cap space happen. NFL news, Gene Steratore, the latest NFL official to leave the Washington PA product is going to join CBS as an analyst. Uh, That's happened now, Val, with three other guys too. Uh, Three other officials. Jeff Triplett left to join ESPN. And on the NBC side, Terry McCauley went there. Ed Hockley, you know, the guy with the big biceps, he just retired after 28 years. But we've now seen a grand total of, what does that make it, nine different officials leave the National Football League. So it's going to be interesting to track that and see how the officiating goes from here. Also, Julian Edelman's PED suspension hearing is today for the NFL. That's sports. We'll talk more hockey with Josh Yoey coming up at 845. Cool. Yeah, he's on the way. It is the DVE Morning Show. It's a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Tim Benz, Mike Pursuta, Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford all off today. Our producer, Joe Rakicki, with us this morning as well. Joining us now from The Athletic, Josh Yoey. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Val. I'm glad you at least had the decency to come to work. I'm like the rest of your coworkers. <laughs> and they called me up from Wilkesbury, Josh. Oh, that's very good of them. I miss you. I feel like we talked to you so much in the last half of the season, and now it, it seems like it's been a while. Well, the season ended too early for the Penguins, it seems. We got spoiled around here. Yeah, that is true. So what do you make of uh, the draft over the weekend? Well, you know, the Penguins didn't have many draft picks. Um, the, the more interesting thing to me is the fact that Jim Rutherford very clearly wanted to wheel and deal over the weekend. Uh, wasn't able to make any trades. He certainly was in some discussions. But uh, it's going to be interesting, really, between now and next Sunday, which is free agency day, Rutherford really wants to make a deal or two, and he usually does this time of year. So I bet he does, and it's going to be interesting to see just how, how significant that it is. Yeah, Josh, why why was he unable to do so when he has been so able to do so at various points in his career here and in Carolina? Is it just kind of the tone of the way, way things are in the NHL right now? It's tough to move guys at this point or tougher than in previous years? Well, you know, Tim, it's tough for him in particular right now for a couple of reasons. The Penguins don't have a lot of cap space. That's something you have to keep in mind. And really, they've traded so many prospects and draft picks over the last few years. They only have so much to offer teams. Uh, For instance, I'll throw a name out there at you. I I know he's very interested in Jeff Skinner, the, the player he drafted, in fact, in Carolina about eight years ago. Um, but if you're Carolina, you're kind of in a rebuilding mode. You're looking to get rid of guys. 
that means you want a lot of draft picks and prospects, and the Penguins only have so many of those to offer. And, and obviously they don't want draft picks and prospects. They want to go out and get established guys because they're in win-out mode. So it makes it difficult for Jim. But that said, he will keep trying, I have no doubt. But he wants to add a couple of forwards, whether it be in free agency or through a trade, and he wants to get the, the bottom-pairing defenseman as well. So I, I'm sure he will manage something. There weren't really that many trades during the draft, only a couple of big ones, uh, just the kind of nature of the of the uh, league was working over the weekend, but uh, he'll do something if history is any indication. Yeah, Josh, the Skinner thing, that sounds to me like an interesting player, but also something that they've already got a lot of. It feels like they'd be acquiring more of the same. Am I wrong there, and am I also wrong in worrying then, once they get him on board, how would they clear the cap space to make sure that they stay compliant uh, once free agency rolls around? Well, yeah, if they are to acquire Skinner in particular, he makes uh, five and change this season, then he's a free agent next summer. Um, to acquire him, they would certainly have to shed some salary. That would mean either Connor Sherry or Derek Broussard, those are, or Carl Hagelin, one of those three guys would almost have to be involved in the trade, I would think. And um, as for Skinner, the player, you're right. He, he, when you think of the Penguins and how they play, you think of Jeff Skinner because he's not very good defensively. But, boy, is he an offensive talent. Um, I guess not unlike a uh, Phil Kessel in that regard. There are some similarities. He's, you know, a guy who absolutely produces when he's healthy. Um, I think in Jim's mind, that's just kind of who the Penguins are. Uh, he wants them to win with speed and with skill. And while he does want them to get better defensively and overall, sure, um, he still believes that's kind of what they're founded on, those kinds of players. And the more he can get, the better. Um, you're right. They already do have guys like Jeff Skinner, but he is a really good hockey player. He's, He's only 26 years old. He's already scored more than 30 goals three times and on a team, frankly, that isn't very talented. He's never played with the likes of you know Crosby and Malkin and Kessel. So in theory, he could be a very productive player with the Penguins, I would think. Um, but yes, he's not exactly the kind of two-way player that coaches covet and that perhaps the Penguins could use. Josh Yoey of The uh, Athletic with us this morning. Josh, what do you think, uh, how do you feel about the talk about Chris Kunitz coming back? You know, for the right price, it wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, trust me, there's very few people I respect more than Chris Kunitz. I mean, you talk about a guy who has had a successful career, an undrafted player who has, what, four Stanley Cup rings. Um, and, and there's no question the Penguins respect what he does on and off the ice. Uh, at this point, he is strictly, I think, a fourth-line player. Uh, you know, he's pushing 40 now. Uh, he didn't have a lot of wheels to begin with. There's not much left there. But, but he is still an effective fourth liner, and he is still a guy, if Sid goes into a slump for a week, you put him on Sid's line because they always play well together. There's no question about that. So uh, I haven't heard anything to indicate that the Penguins are overly interested in Kunis. They didn't really try to sign him last summer when he was a free agent, which tells me it would be a little bit of an upset if they were to land him in free agency. But that said... I don't know how many suitors Kunitz has, and I certainly have heard that he would be very interested in coming back and finishing his career with Pittsburgh. He, he does not want to retire. So it's a possibility, but it would have to be a one-year deal, and he would have to be willing to work pretty cheap. Did you buy what Mike Sullivan was selling about the state of his relationship with Phil Kessel? Because to me, it came <laughs> off as a little bit of a case of thou dost protest too much. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, what's Mike going to say? Right. He's not going to stand up there and say, hey, Phil's a pain in the ass. Like, everybody <laughs> knows that already. I mean, what, but here's the thing. I, I think Mike Sullivan is a smart man, 
and he's absolutely willing to work with Phil Kessel. He always has been. He knows Phil's a little different than everyone else. He just is. Um, that said, uh, the more interesting aspect of this to me is is Phil Kessel is willing to work with Mike Sullivan because it's pretty clear to me that Phil was the one doing more of the complaining in the second half of the season in the playoffs. I don't think Sullivan was you know, throwing a fit about having to coach Phil Kessel. I, I do think Phil Kessel was throwing a fit about not being on Evgeny Malkin's line and, and having to play for Mike Sullivan, who I think Phil feels like uh, treats him unfairly at times. But the thing about Phil, uh, he thinks that about every head coach. And he thought the same thing about Randy Carlisle in Toronto. He, he thought the same thing in Boston when he was young. So I think it's just, you know, Phil is preconditioned to complain about coaches. That's just how he has always been. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think Mike Sullivan was lying. I, I think he was being truthful. But I also don't think things that have been reported in the last few weeks are untrue either, if that makes sense. What's he like in the locker room? I mean, is he does he get along with teammates? Is is he just kind of a loner? You know, what's what's his deal? Uh, probably both. Um, it, you know, his teammates actually like him. But that's the interesting thing about Phil, and they always have. Uh, I think, and I've talked with some guys off the record about Phil, uh, I think the thinking is... You couldn't have 20 guys in your team like Phil Kessel. But if there's just one of them, it's kind of fun. He's kind of like the class clown in some ways. You can't have 20 class clowns. But if you have one, you know, he's pretty he's good fun. You can deal with it. Um, so I, I've never heard teammates say a bad word about him, and I've never heard that he's a bad teammate, really. Um, I, I think in general the guys like him, but he, he's kind of an oddball, and, and that's why fans love him so much. He's got that everyday man appeal. He absolutely does. Um, and no, they're, they're okay with him. He's not a bad guy to play with. He shows up for work every day. They get a kick out of him. Um, but yeah, he, he's just Phil. He's always going to be a little different. That's for sure. Well, what just made me laugh, Josh, was you know Sullivan felt like made it seem like he was a gog or a gas that this conversation had been going on for a month. But it had been going on for a month. So if he was so put off by the talk that he and Phil had a bad relationship, they could have said something well before the draft. It just speaks to me. If they were waiting to see what was out there until the draft, they realized there was no worthy return for the trade, <laughs> so they're going to grin and bear it and go through it with another nice. year. And, and it's manageable, right? I mean, like they won two cups with each other. He had 92 points this year. It's a manageable relationship, but... You know, I I sort of rolled my eyes when I saw some of the responses from Sullivan. Like, where's this coming from? Well, I don't know, Mike. It was out there for a month. If you really wanted to quell it, you could have done it before the draft. Right. And then some of the citizens were tweeting at me, like, ha-ha, Sully put you in place. Like, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> what's that going to say? I mean, I mean, I don't know. And, and you know, the, the funny thing is, that you mentioned that. I know for a fact teams have contacted the Penguins about Phil. Uh you know, I don't think Jim Rutherford wants to trade Phil Kessel, though. I've never had that impression, and for a very simple reason. When you're the general manager and you make trades, well, you want to win the trade. And I think the Penguins realized pretty early on here, if they were to consider trading Phil Kessel, they're not going to win the trade. Right. Uh, you're not getting equal value in return for a guy like him because of his reputation, because of the fact that he makes a lot of money for four more years and he's going to be 31 in October. He's a tough guy to trade. And so because of that, I think the Penguins realize on paper, we certainly don't get better if we trade this guy, so we're going to deal with it. And you're right, Mike could have said something earlier. But in fairness, it's not like we were pounding down the doors asking to talk with Mike about it either. But that said, that there's enough sources who have told me there's friction in that relationship. I don't have any doubt that there is. 
Josh, thanks for joining us this morning. Josh Yoey from The Athletic. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Josh. You got it, guys. Anytime. Coming up, I've got news, and uh, Tim Ben's joining me again at the bottom of the hour with sports. Don't forget, DBE Southside Summer Open coming up on August 18th, and it benefits class, community, living, and support services. Our 12th annual Southside Summer Open balls out on Carson. Have you ever done this, Tim? I, I've walked through balls out on Carson. <laughs> you got That do sounds it. even worse when I say it out loud. But yes, I've walked through. I've not participated in it. Maybe I will this year. Yeah, do Only it. Only if they have cotton candy hot dogs that they're serving along uh, the way, which we'll be mentioning again in the 930 Sports. We'll have to work on that. Uh, it's $125 per foursome, brought to you by Bud Light. And uh, of course, you get your commemorative T-shirt. you got to be 21 years or older to participate. Register your team now at DVE.com. Are you willing to look like a dork for your team? Hell yeah. yeah. I am willing to look like a dork for no reason. Really. Oh my God. I mean, I was born I, a dork. We've never talked about this. I get a text the other day from Val's husband, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture. This is a good reason, though. Of Val in a straight up, like, chem lab suit. <laughs> like, she looks like Heisenberg on a cook. And yeah. cleaning up debris from the backyard, yeah. and it's right. one of the funniest pictures. I would have posted it, but I didn't want to shame Val because I'm like, I'm totally, I don't know if, if totally okay with that breaking Val. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> if, you look like you were, I don't know, it looked like Close Encounters or something. Like you were in yeah. after some sort of toxic. You look well. like Doc from Back to the Future. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I was trying to not get poison ivy for crying out loud. <laughs> Is four minutes after nine at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast, and it is brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 65 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. One of Kennywood's signature roller coasters is now considered one of the best in the country. USA Today's 10 best contest put the Phantoms resent, uh, revenge at third out of 20. Six Flags New England's Superman the Ride took first place with a ride at Six Flags Magic Mountain in California coming in second and then uh, Phantom's Revenge. The ranking was determined by four weeks of voting in an effort to provide travel information on top attractions in the country. New research has revealed that 53% of American millennials have gotten financial assistance from their parents since turning 21. These millennials getting help from mom and dad for things like phones, paying for their phones, rent, gas and groceries, and health insurance. 37% said they get cash from their parents monthly, and 59% said they do it a couple times a year. 35% of millennials said they are still living with their parents. Well, how about some adult summertime treats? How about vodka freezer pops? A company, I thought, I thought booze didn't freeze. I don't know. Maybe when you mix it with something, it does. A, ca- a company has developed the Vodka Freezer Pop. Slim Chillers Vodka Martini Skinny Freezers clock in at only 100 calories. And it's got flavors like Apple Teeny and Lemon Drop to refresh you in the summer heat, which is going to be in the 90s all weekend. So maybe we'll have to get some of these. A rat in India has very expensive taste. Officials with India's largest bank, SBI, say a rat ate $24,000 worth of Indian rupee notes inside an ATM. The ATM was apparently out of order for several days, and when technicians opened it up, they discovered the shredded notes and a dead rat. Most ATMs in India do have surveillance cameras, but when officials looked at the footage, well, they didn't see anybody going into the ATM. So bank authorities will investigate the incident to make sure this never happens again. 
In music news, Live is out with the first new music since the original lineup reunited for a 26-show tour in 2017. The single Love Lounge will be available on the band's forthcoming EP of the same name with a release date still to be determined. Meanwhile, the band will kick off a 40-plus city city tour with the Counting Crows this Wednesday. Tickets are on sale now, and they will play KeyBank Pavilion on August 30th. Some celebrity babies to announce. Fixer Upper stars Chip and Joanna Gaines have welcomed their fifth child, a baby boy they named Crew. And actress Brigitte Nielsen also giving birth to her fifth child at the age of 54. Nielsen and her 39-year-old husband, Mattia Desi, welcomed their first kid together. She gave birth to the baby girl named Frida in L.A. on Friday. The former Playboy model has four sons ranging in age from 23 to 34 from previous relationships. Nielsen has been married five times, including a brief marriage to Sly Stallone, and she's been married to her Italian model husband since 2006. And finally, a street being named after Leonard Skinner in their hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, their farewell tour will hit KeyBank Pavilion on August 25th. Not as humid today, a little more pleasant. Clouds and sun temperatures only in the upper 70s, so it should be a nice day. It's 64 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Tim Ben's coming up at the bottom of the hour with sports. Mike Pursuta's on vacation, and uh, Randy and Bill off today as well. It's the DVE Morning Show. I go to softball practice. Now they're practicing. You guys aren't going to understand this because you're Pittsburgh. You're not L.A. Uh, they're practicing without a ball. Okay. Uh, what? They don't want to introduce failure this early into the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. I, I, I said, I said, where's the ball? <laughs> and his mom's like, oh, we don't want to introduce failure this early in the season. I was like, I think that's how you make snowflakes. So, <laughs> coaches out there, I swear to you, I swear to you, all my children, coaches out there, no ball, no bat, but he's holding a ball and a bat like he, like you. Yeah. He's all right, runners on first and second. <laughs> Ground ball to Lily. Lily Frompkin at third base fields it perfectly, <laughs> steps on third, throws it to second. She catches it, throws it to first. Triple play, girls, way to go. Everyone goes nuts. They Im- just turn imaginary. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imaginary Island. triple play. Yeah, but they're celebrating like it's a real one. Yeah. By the way, first triple play I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> my daughter is in center field, and he's like, all right, base is loaded. Fly ball to Isla. And I watch my daughter immediately start backing up and then look over her head and start running like it flew over her head. (laughs) (laughs) Who fails in their own imagination? (laughs) I called my wife. I go, you're never going to believe what your moron daughter just did. My wife's like, do not make fun of her. Don't. Like, she's like, this is her beautiful little brain. I want to keep it like that. I don't want to break it. I was like, I think it's broken. (laughs) I have to drive home with the kid. I'm literally in the car and I, I... Dude, how great like, is that? That she she's like she let her own pitcher get get, get taken yard yeah, yeah, by yeah. an imaginary hitter. Oh, you should you should have seen the coach. He was like, I guess I hit it over her head. <laughs> I'm am sitting in the car with her, and I go finally I go, Yo, Isla, what happened with that fly ball? She doesn't even say anything. Just looks out the window, staring out like a window like a stoner. Doesn't even look, make eye contact with me, and just goes, "Yeah, coach, really got a hold of that one." <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, this child is just different. <laughs> oh, Burt Kreischer, he's the best. He is coming into town this Friday for the DVE Comedy Fest. I hope we have him in studio on Friday. We have a bottle of Jameson still here from one of his previous visits, so he may dip into that a little bit Friday morning. And then he's going to do his podcast live on Saturday. 
And that's going to happen at the Rex. Um, so we have the two shows sold out on, on Friday, but we do have tickets still available for Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies podcast. That's going to be at 420 at the Rex. And then Burt Kreischer's podcast live Saturday night, 9 p.m. That's also at the Rex. You can get tickets for both of those at dve.com. One day, I come to notice all these people was wearing the same colored clothes. None but black and gold. Seemed like they were all under a spell. Netflix is proud to present another blockbuster documentary. Everybody felt like they was at the Immaculate Reception. That was like our big bang in that. That was like we're the chosen people. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yoy and double yoy. Our vision was to create a football community based on worshiping a golden god named Thank Lombardi. You, you know what I mean? From producers Mark and Jay Duplass comes the story of the birth of a nation. We got a tip from the IRS, and in a matter of months, shrines were popping up all over the country for these cult members to answer their call to worship. They weren't trying to say it was Steeler Bars popping up in every major city in the country. I mean, yeah, they was worshiping in that, but they were worshiping Emperor Chaz Knoll. We received a bootleg video of their beer-fueled orgies that were ceremoniously held in these massive stadium parking lots. It wasn't like any Sunday service I'd ever seen. They weren't orgies, they was tailgates. We also had it on good authority that they'd formed an army that could pose a threat to our National Guard. We contacted the guard down the stadium, you know, that, that knew the ball players. We asked him, he said, would Franco mind if we would be Franco's Italian army? So he asked Franco, and he says he wouldn't mind it at all. And then from then on, the rest is just history. Sure, my family was worried about me. They thought I was brainwashed. But I wasn't. I just had Steeler fever, and I ain't never found a cure. You know, to me. From the people that brought you Netflix captivating documentary, Wild Wild Country. I was willing to do anything to make sure that Baba Rooney and his desires were fulfilled so that we would be enshrined in a state of Lombardy grace for eternity. Dude, don't interview that chick. Yeah, she's a nutbag. She came around at tailgates talking about putting poison in one of the other team's water bottles. I mean, great idea and all. Yeah, but we, we didn't need no poison. We had Jack Lambert. Wild, wild Steeler Country. Netflix. This Friday. DVE Sports. It's a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta on sports. You're going to be here with us. Are you here all week? I'm here until September, I believe. Nice. Yeah. uh, I will be here this (laughs) week and next. So I'm looking forward to working with you guys through Comedy Fest week. uh, Oh, yeah. That'll be be spectacular. And then off and on, I guess, the 4th of July week, because you guys are off and on for the 4th of July week. So that's the game plan. Mike trying to get in his vacation before he is encamped. In Latrobe, right, and then when Latrobe. he comes back, I'm going to do exactly the same thing. I'm going to take a week off and kind of store up, get ready for the season. That's what you got to do. You got to put the pedal down and get ready for football season in Latrobe, which is good because baseball season is officially ended. <laughs> Pirates lose to Arizona so three to short. nothing. Uh, yesterday was the final score. Another shutout as the Pirates continue to struggle offensively. Well. Uh, not so much a shutout in the other games, just poor batting throughout the course of this weekend series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Trevor Williams was actually pretty decent pitching yesterday. He gave up a couple home runs early, but then was very good after that. Clint Hurdle, or actually, I'll look at the Williams here, talking about kind of riding things out here through this losing streak as the offense and pitching just can't seem to align. It's trusting that, you know, it's trusting that we will get out of it. Um, 
it's ebbs and flows of the seasons, you know. Uh, unfortunately, um, at the beginning of the season, you know, pitching was clicking, hitting was clicking, and you know, um, we're starting to to get apart from each other and we're hitting the skid at the same time. You know, it's it's tough that way, but we're we're going to prepare the best we can, the best of our abilities, and come to the yard every day, you know, expecting to win. From AT&T Sportsnet, Williams did not give up a run in the last four innings after giving up two home runs over the first two. The Pirates in the batter's box, though, just awful. Um, here are some more of those numbers that we were giving you throughout the course of the morning. I posted all these in the trip today and retweeted them. The Pirates lost all four games and were outscored 21-6 to along the way. Arizona didn't trail in any of the four games. The Pirates left 25 men on base, and they were 3-for-19 with runners in scoring position. Val, I know you're a big fan of the Sean Rodriguez numbers we've been throwing <laughs> around throughout the course of the morning. To reset for people who might not have heard them earlier, uh, for whatever reason, Rodriguez continues to get lots of playing time despite the fact he's hitting 145. He was 0-for-10 in the series, six strikeouts, two errors, and grounded into a double play. Uh, that prompted sarcastic reactions from Pirates fans in the seats who were chanting, MVP, MVP, <laughs> every time he came up to hit. I think Sean Rod is two for his last 35. Oh so God. Hurdle was asked, why didn't you pinch hit for him in a scoring opportunity late in the game? In the eighth inning, we talked about it, Ron. I try and keep Mercer off his feet based on the volume of games he's played. So if Sean comes out, Mercer's going to go in. If we tie the game up and play 17 innings, which has happened to me before, it's the only reason I bring it up. It's, it's, it's one of those hard situations. There goes the guy you're giving the day off to. He doesn't have the day off, and you get him back in. We were going to hit with two men on an opportunity to tie the game. We were, yes, but not in that situation. So my answer to that is then you give him the next day off. It's baseball. Yeah. There's 162 <laughs> of these. You can work it like this mandated scheduled day off thing. Well, what if a guy get like Corey Dickerson had a bunch of those, and then he went away for the, the family leave thing? Or what mm-hmm. if a guy gets sick? Or what if a guy gets injured? That schedule right. gets thrown off. You gotta be flexible it's with okay. that kind of thing. Just throw the guy in there to pinch it, and if it happens to go 17 innings, then you adjust. It's just madness. Uh, draft weekend, that was quiet for the Penguins. No trades to clear cap space, get in the first round of the draft, or acquire talent from the uh, other teams that are out there uh, for the upcoming season. As predicted here last week, though, uh, as we talked about, Val, it was unlikely. After you heard the L.A. Kings and Arizona Coyote names thrown out there and then kind of die quickly, didn't look like the Penguins were going to trade Phil Kessel going into the draft. He is still a Penguin. It looks like that will be the case moving forward, and it's part of the reason why Mike Sullivan, it appears, was so adamant that everything is fine with their relationship. He's been a big part of uh, the Pittsburgh Penguin success over the last uh, three seasons. He's coming off a 92-point season, put us in a great position to uh, to compete again for a Stanley Cup. He was a huge part of the two Stanley Cups that we won. And myself and our coaching staff has nothing but respect for, for the type of player and the person that he is. How did you think Josh explained all of that when he was on with us at 8.45? Good. Yeah, I think you know. that was spot on. As far as how Sullivan is portraying everything with Kessel, I think mm-hmm. you have to do some analysis as to why all these good vibes are being floated out there now that the draft has come and gone. It's pretty clear he's going to well, be a penguin. This now we got to make it work. We're stuck together. <laughs> make it work. Exactly. Yes. You know, the, the kids aren't going to college for another fifteen years. We got to make this work for a right. while, right? So, we can't afford to get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. They can't because they can't afford what's coming back in return. They can't afford to have a guy like that as a, like it can't eat the salary cap and just release him, right? Yeah. So uh, that's what the Capitals managed to do with Brooks Orpik uh, in kind of a creative way. They traded him 
to the Colorado Avalanche along with Philip Grubauer, the backup goaltender. The Avs uh, then agreed to release Orpik so he can become a free agent, go wherever he wants, maybe back to the Capitals again at a lesser rate, and that allowed Washington to extend the contract of John Carlson, $64 million over eight years. That's a whopper of a number, but an offensive defenseman like that definitely seems like it's worthwhile, particularly with the way he runs that power play for the Caps. And I said I would give this to our listeners in the 9 o'clock hour in case you missed it earlier. The Erie Seawolves, the AA affiliate of the Detroit Tigers, had sugar rush night at the park. (laughs) The items that they were really pushing included uh, what they were calling cotton candy snowballs. You know, like the snowballs that you eat on the vending machine? Yeah. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. With the coconut on? Right, exactly. So that was one of the items. And the big one that made national news was the Sugar Rush hot dog. A hot dog wrapped in cotton candy and topped with nerds candy. That sounds awful. But it will keep you up for nine <laughs> innings of minor league baseball. I love minor league. I love the promotions they do in minor league baseball. And that is uh, always... your 930 Sports brought to you by Bobby BobbyRayHall.com. Very good. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Uh, you'll be back with us tomorrow morning. And I wanted to mention this. I talked earlier about tickets being available for the Doug Loves Movies podcast, Doug Benson's podcast. This Saturday at the Rex and Burt Kreischer's Burtcast Live. You can hear those podcasts on the iHeartRadio app for free. So if you aren't sure what it's all about, you can go and check them out and then get your tickets at dve.com. But your Royals uh, not uh, not exactly having a great start to the year. No, and it's probably going to be a terrible middle and end, too. It's small market baseball. You save Pirates. up. You do... You, Go for the gusto. We went 14-15, and now we're going to be terrible for five years. It's so annoying. That's yeah. kind of the Pirates' MO, too. Nice yard, though. What's that? Nice nice stadium. Oh, it's a beautiful stadium. It's my happy place. Yeah. If, I, if if something ever happens to me, like if I ever get raped at Kauffman <laughs> Stadium, I'll have nothing to think about. I'll have no happy place to go to. I'm like, you've ruined it. You've ruined, we're in my happy place. That is, that is your. Uh, what am I supposed to think place. of? It's your safe space. <laughs> when terrible things are happening. I, <laughs> I thought so when they were good, that was just good for baseball. I was really having fun watching that team. I think any time a small market team is good, is good for baseball. Yeah. Because it's, it's David and Goliath. Yeah. When the Roy- mm-hmm. I was at the Angels game in 14 when we hadn't been to a playoff game in forever. And, like, we walked into Angel Stadium, like, all the fans, all the Angel fans were like, look at you. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> you made it. Look at you. Isn't this great? You're in October baseball. And then by the end of the game, they're like, don't look at me. Don't look at me with your BS Farm System Club. Oh, man. Van Halen 102.5 DVE. The Reels channel is currently running a, I don't even know what would you, you would call it, an expose maybe on the band. I think it's called like Van Halen behind the band. It's I don't know, whatever it is. It's really awful. 
just bad reenactments and <laughs> bad wigs, and it's terrible. Don't waste your time. I did waste an hour watching it, but I'm just telling you, don't waste your time. Um, that's going to do it for this morning. Thanks to Josh Yoey from The Athletic for joining us. Thanks to Tim Benz as well. He'll be back tomorrow to uh, fill in on sports for Mike Bursuta, who's on vacation. Randy, back tomorrow. Don't forget, uh, Southside Summer Open. Registration open now at dve.com. $125 for your foursome, and that benefits class, community living, and support services. And of course, uh, you get that commemorative Southside Summer Open Balls Out on Carson t-shirt. Sign up for that now at dve.com. Michelle Michaels is up next. She's got the electric lunch at noon here on DVE. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.